What's going on, guys? Welcome to another installment of Crime and Wine. Oh, you started to do a little move, little shimmy. I'm dancing. <laughs> How you doing? I'm I'm high to the point of happy, so oh, you get shimmy gosh. some shit. Well, <laughs> I'm all right. I'm better than I was earlier in the week. We ain't gonna get same. into it. But. No, same. And that's why it's like, right. <laughs> that's why I said I'm high to the point of happy because it's like, this is the first day this week that I felt genuine joy in anything. I felt better. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is the yeah, first day yeah. that something happened that I felt joy. So I was like, I'm going to take this and I'm going to run with it and it's going to be a great day. Tuesday was a motherfucker. Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday was when I was on a rampage and I was testing everybody out. I was about to fight some man in traffic for honking at me. Like, it was a bit, it was a bad time. Yeah, like Monday, I didn't even stay in my house because I was like, I don't want to snap on my kids because I'm pissed. And that is that's a very good and responsible thing to do because it was like my energy's not right, and I don't want them to do something small. And I snap on them, and the reaction is way bigger than what it deserves. So I didn't even stay in my house here. Right, right, right. And more more adults need to understand that 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 happens. You know, we're very conscious of not taking our anger out on other adults mm-hmm. but we just don't even think about it when it comes to taking it out on kids yep and i try so to be i try like i'm not a i'm not no one's perfect, perfect. I sometimes but i try to be very cognizant of their emotional well-being and right their mental health and how I have an effect on that. Right. So when I'm in the place that I feel like emotion will take over rationale, I know it's time for me to remove myself from their space, at least for a period of time. And their dad does the same thing. Like it's not, that's very responsible. When we get to a certain point in emotion, whether it's the situation whether it's something that's happening with them or other situations that happen we try to be very cognizant of removing ourselves from their space so that they're not victims of circumstances they have nothing to do with right 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 yeah that's good yeah uh as you know the chaos but uh who's that girl i also got a dog on intoxicated i was sleep like knock the fuck out and you know this is not normal for me. Knocked the hell out by nine o'clock. Monday. I, I woke up. This is how bad it was, no lie. I woke up at about three o'clock in the morning. And it was one of those, you know, when you when you take a nap uh, mm-hmm. on the weekend and you ain't realize you slept three hours. And yeah. you wake up with the lines on your face, your hands, you know. Yeah. Uh I woke up and I was looking around, she barely opened my eyes, and I was like, a Monday. Fuck, I'm drunk. And then I went to sleep. <laughs> Monday, I I stopped work early. I only worked half day Monday. I called for those of y'all who listen to my other my other podcast. I called Lee, and I said, 
This day fucking sucks. This is the overproof rum day. Overproof rum? Yeah. <laughs> like Ray and nephew. <laughs> and he said, all right, come on, we'll get a little sloppy. I think I passed out on his couch at 8.30. And <laughs> somebody called me. I remember somebody called me. And I remember having a whole conversation. And it was like 10 minutes into the call. And I was like, I'm sleepy now. I'm going to bed. And <laughs> I did not hang up my phone. I think they eventually just hung up. But I just passed out. But when they called, my phone was on my chest. And they, my phone's ringing because my phone has been on vibrate since 2009. So, <laughs> so it's vibrating on my chest. And I was like, what is moving? I'm really like getting pissed. Like, what the fuck is moving the couch? Like, and he's like, it's your phone, stupid. Like, <laughs> it was a day. <laughs> But I still got back to my house in time to take the kids to school the next day. Because if I'm nothing else, I am a mom. <laughs> as long as you did it, I guess. <laughs> I got home and I had my clothes changed before they saw me. They didn't even see me in the same clothes the night before. Mm. Well, all right then. Miss I'm a mom first. Because I'm going to be a mom if nothing else. I tell everybody, if there's two things you know I'm going to have, it's going to be a toy in my purse and a snack in my trunk. I am a mom before anything else. <laughs> so you want to know something funny? Mm-hmm. This goes to show how very different worlds we are in. <laughs> you said a toy in your purse. I'm like, why is this bitch carrying around vibrators? Not at all. I be having toy cars and shit. It be other people's kids. When you said, when you said a snack, I'm like, oh, that kind of toy. I'm like, this bitch is carrying around the rose like what is she doing <laughs> i always have a box of chips in my trunk and it's a, <laughs> and i always got so it's, it's almost always a toy car or an action figure in my purse you would think i had boys well that big one life hurts some damn action figures and the little one loves cars like so it's always a like she loves cars to the point that on the way, the drive back from Cincinnati, we're stopping at truck stops because she wants to buy cars. Truck stops? Every truck stop we stopped at, she wanted to buy, she wanted to get a car. She loves piloted, cars. Loves. <laughs> we was at the Wawa. At the <laughs> I've been to and Wawa. What's the TA one? What is it? Travel authority or what's it called? Travel assistance? Tra- travel something. I don't know. I don't remember what TA is this time. I know Pilot, I know Loves, and I know Wawa. I love a good Wawa. Is it called Loves? Ain't it what it's called? It is called Loves. I do yeah. love a Wawa. All my all my friends in Philly who may listen to this, y'all know I love me a Wawa. I stay. No. At a Wawa. When we were little and we would go back and forth between Cincinnati and Detroit. Hit we was looking forward to that pilot. All the pilots buying all the granola. We were like, oh, yes, we get to stop here. Then we get, no, let's come on, let's go get some. I don't you even know what we want. Because <laughs> grandma stayed buying the whole display. Like, <laughs> 
And like those of y'all that's listening, I am not exaggerating. She would literally go into the pilot and pick up the whole display box of granola bars because this is when you could find those um prairie prairie farms ones that came either dipped in chocolate or they had chocolate shit on it. And she would literally go pick up the whole ass display box. There's always the chocolate chip ones that was dipped in chocolate. Yes, that was too much. The whole display and buy the whole display, and they would always be confused because they wouldn't know how to ring it up. (laughs) It's like, nigga, how many in here? (laughs) She would get, she wouldn't, because this was, you know, this was the 90s. So they would always have the open box on top and then the display box underneath. She would Mm -hmm. take the unopened one from underneath and try to buy and buy that one. Not even try it, she would actually buy it. That would be easy. Because, but they will always be confused and always take hella long because they never can figure out how to rig it up. The only thing I would ask is, like, can you go get one of the open ones? <laughs> I already know and this whole box is 36. So 36 just, times. But that's the thing. They never can figure that out at first. We are on a wild tangent. Let's show <laughs> Sorry, y'all. But what are you, what are you sipping on? Um... I have a cocktail that I made up. I am calling it a peanut butter milkshake. I'm about to say it looked milky. Mm-hmm. It is screwball peanut butter whiskey and rum chata. Mm-hmm. And it is yummy. I don't like peanut butter or milk. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Wee! Not for me. Well, y'all know I got Chardonnay. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I was at I was at the store, and me and this lady, we were just sitting, we were just standing there staring at all the goddamn on Chardonnay bottles. And she was like, "It's too many choices." I said, "Girl, I know, right?" So we just looking, and each one of us recommended something. So she got the Nineteen Crimes Martha Shard, mm-hmm. and she told me to get Chalk Hill Chardonnay. <laughs> she told me to get this so I got oh, some chocolate chardonnay what that is mm-hmm. is it good chardonnay. yeah sure. but it's hard for me not to like chardonnay though so. you right <laughs> you right so what we doing what we uh what we talking about today so I got dog on head itches. So, all right. Mm-hmm. So on Sunday, we decided mm-hmm. we wanted to have a little outing. It was warm. We wanted to go somewhere we hadn't, to a park we hadn't previously been to. Mm-hmm. We were going to try to barbecue, whatever, but we were stupid and decided this at three in the afternoon and don't know why we thought we were going to get a grill, but neither can I <laughs> So we decide to go out to Hempstead Lake State Park. So in my Google search as to how to get there, a bunch of other things came up. And I said, state parks, let's investigate, right? Now, mind you, beautiful park, beautiful gowns. Park is amazing. It was a fun guy with the ice cream truck. It was a good park. They had a good time. 
but also bodies was found in that that lake at that park. So let's get into it, right? On Sunday? <laughs> Not that Sunday. Oh, oh Sunday. shit. Yes. I was about to say, the little baby's traumatized. <laughs> That's why I said it the way I did. I wanted a reaction. No, what not that fuck? Sunday, but it was definitely under Sundays. So we're going to talk okay. about the Long Island serial killer. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. So, he is said to have murdered between 10 and 16 people over about 20 years and disposed of their bodies in areas along the south shore of Long Island. Most of them were sex workers who was on Craigslist, so he's also known as the Craigslist killer. Oh, I heard about the Craigslist killer. Yeah, we know the Craigslist killer, right? Mm -hmm. He, uh, but he's also still unidentified. Okay. So, fun fact about that. So, uh, clearly, because we still don't know who this is, we know nothing about him. So, we're literally just going to be talking about the crimes and how they relate to my park visit this weekend. (laughs) So, the victim's remains were found over a period of, of months between, you know, in 2010 and 2011. Because a woman named Shannon Gilbert disappeared, which resulted in a police search in the area along the Ocean Parkway near the beach towns of Gilgo and Oak Beach in Suffolk County. I've never been to those towns. I know Suffolk County because I, you know, I've been out there for different things. I just never been to those towns. I ain't even heard of them town. It's it's Long Island, but it's a little further out the city. So I just I I mean. We go to Nassau County because it's the next county over. Suffolk is the next one from that. Gotcha. So it's a little further than we go on a normal basis. The remains of the four victims, which are called the Gilgo Four. I hope I'm saying that town right. That's how it's spelled. That makes sense to me. I don't know if that's right. If y'all live there, my bad. I don't know. You probably not. It's G-I-L-G-O. That just makes sense to me, but I know how people are in their towns. If that's wrong, my fault, I don't know. Well, I mean, just think about the street in Detroit. That I know. Can't that's what I'm saying. Unless you're from Detroit. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I said to the people that live in this town that maybe listen to us, one, don't know why, but thank <laughs> you. But also, <laughs> my bad if I'm saying your town wrong. <laughs> anyway. They were found within a quarter mile of each other near the Gilgo Beach in December of 2010. And then six more sets of remains were found in March and April of 2011 in Suffolk County and Nassau County. I've heard of those counties. I don't know why. Well, Nassau County is the next county over from where I live. But no. No, because, I mean, you've gone to Nassau County with me. But I wouldn't have known that's what the county was. But if you watch a good deal of reality shows, you've heard of it. I don't know. Because if you watch Real Housewives of New Jersey and New York, nope, if nope. you've watched Jersey Licious, if you've watched nope. Long Island Medium, if you've watched... Nope. 
watch what happens live if you like there's a lot of reasons why this will come up <laughs> there's been a lot of shows and reality shows set in that vicinity so okay i can't even think of, it, of them all in reality but the latter sets of remains that were found in between suffolk and nassau the police mm-hmm. actually think that they predate 2010 but they were just found later. So the lady Shannon Gilbert, she was found, her remains were found a year after the Gilgo four were discovered. But her cause of death was consistent with the four of them. So they were like, it was connection. Huh? I said, so they just made the connection, assumed it was the same. Yeah, it was a connection because they're all, they all kind of have the same kind of MO and setup. And they're all like super, like in the same kind of stretch. It's like a 20 mile stretch between where all these things are. Gotcha. So the first discovery of human remains was made by the side of Ocean Parkway in Oak Beach, which there's about 15 people that may know where that is, but it's it's in Long Island. It's a little further up as you get closer to like the Hamptons and Montauk. Not that far, but it's going up that way. Mm-hmm. So if that gives you kind of any ideas to kind of what this is. It's like a really sleepy beach town. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know uh, that area in general, but I get it. Yeah, it's, I've heard, it's I've very, heard little places before. It's like a sleepy beach town. Like, it's not like a town where stuff like really be popping off like that. But this was, that body was discovered December 11, 2010. But the investigation was prompted by the search for Shannon Gilbert, who was a sex worker, and she disappeared in that area in May of that year after fleeing from a client's home and making an emergency call saying somebody was trying to kill her. Hmm. So it was like, because they was looking for this girl, that led to finding all these other people. Because almost all his victims were sex workers. Yeah, those would be the easiest victims because they come to they they come and meet you, meet people that they don't know. Yep, and it's not uncommon for them. Mm-hmm. And after, yeah, like there's so many, and then it's often with sex workers. It's like these are not people that people are looking for. A lot of them don't really have families, or they're super estranged from their families. They don't really yeah, unfortunately. have a lot of friends, most of their friends are other sex workers. So these are not people that people are like looking for, which makes them the easiest targets because they're already disenfranchised people. Sex workers and the unhoused are the easiest victims because they're already disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a month after Shannon Gilbert disappeared, the Suffolk County Police Department's Missing missing Persons Bureau eggs offered a search for her with his cadaver dog, which was a German shepherd named Blue. I don't know why we needed to know that, but the dog's name was Blue. Here you go. Um, over the course of the summer of 2010, the dog unsuccess. I mean, the officer unsuccessfully searched 
the gated beach community where the where Shannon Gilbert had last been seen. He made a new attempt at a search on December 11th, staying close to the shoulder of the parkway. Because he based that choice on FBI data indicated that dumped bodies are frequently found close to roadways. Mm-hmm. So even though there was vegetation and some snow, the cadaver dog alerted to the scent, which the pair tracked to a skeleton in a burlap bag. That was the other thing. All the bodies were in burlap sacks. And burlap? Yeah. That's like these people randomly found in crates last year. Yeah. Yeah. Burlap? They were all... All these people were strangled. All of these victims, most of which were women, were strangled and put in burlap sacks. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it was disintegrated, so we really don't know how long it had been there. Those well, if, it to, if it got down to a skeleton, it's been there for a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, it's been quite a while. Hmm. Those remains were identified as Melissa. Bartholomew. I hope he, that's how you say it. I mean, I, don't, I hope that's right. Though. Then the police discovered three additional bodies after searching the scene further, which were Marine Brainard, Mo- Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello were the other three. They were found about 500 feet from each other. 500 feet? Dang, he didn't even try to go further? Not at all. He had a ground that he was working. Sheesh. In, in March of 2011, the partial remains of Jessica Taylor were found along the along Ocean Parkway. Eight years later, in two, eight, sorry, eight years earlier, in 2003, Jessica Taylor's partial remains had been found in Manorville, New York, in, South, in Suffolk County. So her body was split between two places. Oh my. Yeah. The next month in April, 2011, the police discovered three additional sets of remains, an unidentified female toddler. Toddler, T-O-D-D-L-E, like child? Yes. Oh my gosh. An unidentified Asian person and Valerie Mack, whose partial remains, like Jessica Taylor's, had previously been found in Manorville years earlier in November 2000. Oh, my gosh. There was two that their remains were in two different places. Separate? Ugh. Ugh. Two more bodies were found in Nassau County. And unidentified woman whose partial remains had previously been found on Fire Island in 96. So now we're at three. Fire Island. It is, the, it is the island that all the gay boys go to in the summertime. <laughs> that's, that's what sums it up. <laughs> yeah. Like, anybody who listens to this and knows anything about New York will be like, yeah, that's about it. All the gay boys go out there in the summertime. Okay. I don't know if anybody lives on Fire Island. I just know that's where all the gays go in the summer. Understood. And it's funny because if you listen to anybody else, any gay in the you're like, yes, I've been. I'm gay. Duh. 
And it's like, it just, well, I don't know. This is where all the gays go. Well, okay then. They were having a Juneteenth celebration on Fire Island last year. Now, this is the thing. I say all the gays, but it's mostly white gays. So for y'all to be having a Juneteenth celebration is wild to me. Hmm. Last year is when it became a national holiday, didn't it? Yes. Or wasn't it 2020? I think it was last year. There was a whole like club flyer for it. I was like, what I'm not going to do is go to a Juneteenth celebration on Fire Island. <laughs> I'm just not literally not doing that mm-hmm. so and then the other one was an unidentified woman with a distinctive tattoo of peaches on her chest that is the woman that was found in Hempstead Lake which was the park that we were at she was later to be found to be the mother of the toddler Whose mm. remains have been found in Suffolk County. Mm, 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 mm. Peaches still has not been identified, but they call her Peaches. Uh, there's another woman who they call Cherries because she had a tattoo of cherries on her. Uh, yeah, but all of these people are not identified. Peaches. May 9, 2011, police speculated that because of similarities in the cases of Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor, they may have been murdered by a second killer. Like, they think that Valerie Mack and Jessica Taylor were done by a copycat mm-hmm. because it was like their cause of death was similar, but their bodies were separated, right? So you got remains right, over, right, right. over there where nobody right. else had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. November 29th of 2011, police announced that they believe one person was responsible for all 10 murders. They said, maybe it's not a copycat. We just don't say it's just one person on all this. Because it's all too similar for us to really be like somebody else is trying to copy. Got it. The perfect, and that the person who did it is almost certainly from Long Island. And this is the thing about Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. like any suburban area if you don't know those towns you're not navigating them like that mm-hmm. because like in any suburb literally anywhere you go there's a lot of those like little duck off streets a lot of right that dead end randomly a lot of like you have to know those areas to be able to get to and then also you got those areas to know what roads aren't super occupied at what times and Mm -hmm. you know that kind of stuff you transporting bodies you do it in a place where you know all this stuff right Mm -hmm. that's true so he had to be from long island like born and raised from long island because how else would you know these areas because if you go if you Born and raised in Long Island, you're probably gonna go to one of these towns to go to the beach, or you know, your family may know somebody that lives in one of these other towns or whatever else, right? Because mm-hmm. it's all like almost a lot of those towns have beaches or they're not far from a beach. So it makes sense that especially in a place like Long Island, because those towns are like you can change towns multiple times and not really realize it 
So you would know. It's like being in the suburbs of Cincinnati. Like you right. go to, you know, you go Sharonville, Springdale, Mason, whatever, whatever, and you don't even really realize you necessarily changed town to you see mm-hmm. certain things. Mm-hmm. So you get to know all those little areas, all the cuts in the roads, all that stuff because you just drive through it. It's about the only. The only one that you can definitely tell is Wyoming came out of nowhere. Like, yeah. why the hell is that shit in the middle of Lachlan Hartwell? <laughs> yeah. What lawn? Like, what? Where did this come from? Yeah. <laughs> but nice. that's the thing. It's like, there's, you got to be from that area to be yeah, able yeah, to navigate yeah. all these little side streets and cuts and everything else. Like, it don't make sense otherwise. So, that theory, the theory of the single killer versus the killer and the copycat, the single killer theory stems from common characteristics between the condition of the remains and forensic elements, you know, related to the body or whatever. Mm-hmm. In June of 2011, Suffolk County police announced a $25,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and the Long Island murders. Shannon Gilbert's remains were located in Oak Beach in December of 2011, which was 19 months after she disappeared, which also says, look how many other people had disappeared before her, because her disappearance is what led to an investigation. But it's like, clearly, all these other people didn't have anybody to report them missing, because somebody would have had to report her. So it's nine people before you that has gone missing and been dead for however long that mm-hmm. didn't even have nobody to report them as missing. And that's just that's just so like wild to think about. Yeah. No, but that's, that's her, Shannon Gilbert's cause of death is contested. So mm-hmm. It's not really like official on her. Like they, they have like a death certificate, clearly. Her cause right. of death is on there, but it's like asterisks because it's contested because the different examiners came to different conclusions. How you, how, <laughs> Which means that she must have had like a wild amount of different injuries. And it's like, we think this coder, but I think this coder, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, there's so many different things that could have been the fatal blow that they can't decide what actually was. But right. that's also part because they don't have a timeline. Because if you had like an approximate time of death, you can yes. kind of see what that last fatal blow was just based on like the condition of each wound or whatever you yeah, know? yeah 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 because yeah. even within hours it starts to heal right but with them not having a timeline they don't really have nothing really to go on mm-hmm. so december 2015 that's when the fbi got involved the F, the B, and the I said, girls, we're coming. Not the F, B, and I. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that announcement came one day after former police chief James Burke was indicted for civil rights violations and conspiracy. Okay. So the police chief was out here beating up niggas, like it was just wild. Was of wild. course. 
so he resigned from the department in October 2015. He tried to, he was blocking the FBI's involvement in that the Long Island serial killer case for years though. But it's because of the other shit he was doing, he wants to come in here looking. The FBI had assisted in the search for victims but never officially been a part of the investigation. And in November 2016, as a sidebar, that police chief, Chief Burke, he was sentenced to 46 months in federal prison for assault and conspiracy. I'm about to say this the one that's beating folks. Mm-hmm. In September 2017, Suffolk County Prosecutor from the district, you know, the district attorney's office of Suffolk County mm-hmm. announced that John Bitroff, who was a carpenter from Mannersville, Long Island, was a suspect in at least one of the Long Island serial killer murders. He had been convicted in May of that year of murders of two sex workers in 93 and 94. But then on January 16th of 2020, the Suffolk County Police Commissioner, Geraldine Hart, released images of a belt that was found at the crime scene with either the letters HM or WH, depending on the orientation of the belt, embossed in black leather. The bill had been found during the initial investigation of near Ocean Parkway in Gilgo Beach. Police believe the bill was handled by the perpetrator and that it had not belonged to any of the victims. The police revealed a few details about the bill's evidentiary value and would not comment on exactly where it had been found. It was also announced that new scientific evidence was being used in the investigation and they had also announced they had also launched a website that enabled the department to share news and receive tips for this particular investigation. And they did some they found a lot of people through like genealogy and that kind of stuff. Um, so we talked about the victim they already discovered. There are other possible victims. One is Tina Fagoli. She's 19. Was last seen alive in February of 1982. How were they determining that these are possible victims of the same? Well, she was last seen at a rock music venue in West Islip, which isn't that far from where I live. It was Sunrise Highway. That's the street I go to. My, that's where my local target is. Like, it's not that far from where I live. Mm-hmm. She had hitchhiked from her home to the venue to see a friend performing with the band Equinox, which is based in Queens. Mm-hmm. Her... One second.
Okay. So her remains were discovered by Department of Transportation workers on February 3rd on the shoulder of a state parkway in Suffolk County. Her body was dismembered and had been placed in three separate plastic bags, which were found a few miles north of the Robert Moses Causeway, which leads to Oak Beach and Gilgo Beach. Mm-hmm. So it's still in the same area, similar MO. It's just plastic bags instead of burlap. A diamond ring that she was known to wear was missing, and DNA of an unknown male was found on the garbage bags. They hadn't, police still haven't ruled out that she was possibly an early victim of the Long Island serial killer but has stated that the connection is not an active avenue of investigation. Hmm. And then there's Shannon Maria Gilbert. She was an escort. She had left the client's residence in Oak Beach after May 1st, 2010. At 4.51 in the morning, 911 received a panic phone call from Gilbert, who was saying someone was after her and they was trying to kill her. She was last seen a short time later banging on the front door of an Oak Park, Oak Beach residence and screaming for help before running off. After 19 months of searching, police found her remains in a marsh half a mile from where she had last been seen. Um, The Suffolk County medical examiner ruled that she actually drowned after entering the marsh. They believe she was in a drug-induced panic and have concluded that hers was a death by misadventure. But her family thinks she was murdered. On November 2012, her mother filed a lawsuit against the Suffolk County Police Department in hopes of getting more answers about what happened to her daughter. Mm -hmm. And due to the controversy, in September of 2014, a forensic pathologist named Dr. Michael Baden, who's like super popular, like super influential in the, they bring him in on all the big cases. Okay. Um, He agreed to conduct an independent autopsy of her remains. Upon examination, he found her hyoid bone to be missing, which suggested a strangulation. Um, She also noted that her body, he also noted that her body was found face up, which isn't common in drowning victims, but her death is still listed as accidental even though everything says that she actually was. Everything points to something else. Yeah. Um, July 2016, there was Mary Gilbert, who was murdered in her home in Ellenville. And later that day, her daughter, Sarah Gilbert, was arrested and charged with her death. But they don't think that Sarah really did it. They think she might, too, have been a victim of. But this was a stabbing, and he normally strangles, so I don't think this one really counts, but it's listed. <laughs> you said you don't think it counts? <laughs> I don't think it's one of his, because he used to be strangled and not stab people. Stabbing, stabbing is too personal for a serial stabbing killer. Stabbing is pretty... It's too personal for a serial killer. That's normally it. Stabbing is a crime of passion. It's not normally. a random act. I will just say normally, because it can be. 
but normally it can be, but almost always it's a crime of passion, not a random act. Yeah. Um, on May 6, 2020, the New York State Supreme Court ordered her ordered Gilbert's 911 call recording to be released after Suffolk County denied their request for more than 10 years. So why were they denying it? I don't really know. It it, it feels like maybe the serial killer might be a cop because it kind of feels like the cop is. I, the it feels like a cover up. Yeah, it feels like the cops are purposely getting in their own way. So I don't. Yeah. Hmm. The tapes were released to Gilbert's estate attorney, attorney a short a short time after. I don't know where it's ain't working today. Under the court order, he was barred from the, the her attorney, her estate attorney was barred from discussing the specifics of the call, but he did comment that the nature of the call contradict what a Suffolk County police detective had described in early reports about the call. Wait, so the cop says something different than what's what was actually recorded? That's what her state attorney is saying. Oh, Lord. This is giving cover-up. This show is. Yeah. Yeah, it's some people saying it's, it is whatever. So then there's Andre Isaac, who was a professional drag queen known by the name Sugar Bear. Six foot five and 25 when he went missing from East New York in November 2002. His torso was found close to the boardwalk beach, 63 Street in Avern, Queens in December of 2002. Mm -hmm. January 2003, his head was discovered by ice skaters in East Mill Pond in Moorage, oh. New York in Suffolk County. Can you imagine walking up on something like that? Sheesh. Not at all. With a single bullet wound to the temple. His arms and legs were later found several miles away in plastic bags. Ooh. His case was added to the website for the Long Island serial killer in May of 2020. Got it. June of 2008, there's Tanya Rush who was last seen at 3 a.m. walking towards a subway station in Brooklyn. Her dismembered body was found by a state road cleaning crews inside a black canvas suitcase June 2008. In plain sight on the Newbridge Road ramp leading to the westbound Southern State Parkway in Belmore, New York. Now, if you need to know how close this is, I take the Southern State Parkway to take my kid to karate. Oh no, I don't know about the way to karate. I know about the way to the school. But it don't matter because I have to go on this parkway, which tells you this is like all oh, right where I live. Right. Like it's not. And those of y'all who know New York can probably figure out exactly where I live or at least the exact neighborhood based on this. <laughs> Why would you just put that out there? <laughs> they don't know my house. They just might know the neighborhood. <laughs> So, Rush was a mother of three who had been a Salvation Army volunteer and had worked in telemarketing. She also was a drug addict, so she became a sex worker. Then there's an unidentified woman in Latin town that they think is a possible um, victim. It is, she was wearing 
They said she's possibly Asian. She was wearing a solid gold pig pendant, which may relate to the Chinese zodiac year of the pig, which are relevant to birth years 1971, 1983, and 1995. Mm -hmm. Possibly suggesting that she was about 29 when she died. Got it. They said her, they believe her body had been dumped before Hurricane Sandy in 2012. And her case may be connected to the other ones, except her body was buried and not above that's the only difference between hers and the other victim. Got it. Then there's cherries. This is a lot of victims. Yes. This was March of 2007. It was a suitcase that contained the dismembered torso of an unidentified Hispanic or light-skinned African-American woman washed up on a beach at Har in Harbor Island Park in Merrimack. She's cherries because she had a tattoo with two cherries on her left breast. Right. Just like peaches with mm -hmm. the tattoo, you know, same thing. Mm -hmm. She's never been identified. Her legs did wash up. One of her legs washed up in at Cold Spring Harbor in March of 2007. The other one washed up in Oyster Bay the next day. Hmm. And she was dismembered in a similar fashion to Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mag Peaches. They, you know, assume they was well together. Um, again, hasn't been identified or arrested or anything like that. They did speculate that serial killer Joel Rifkin, who used to live in Long Island, may be responsible for some of the older bodies. But he has denied having anything to do with this. Then there was, like I said earlier, John Bittroff, who he had been convicted on September 12, 2017. Suffolk County prosecutor said that John Bittroff, who was a resident of Suffolk County, convicted of, and he was convicted of murdering two sex workers and suspected of murdering a third earlier. Was a sex was a suspect in at least one of the murders. It was say that he was likely responsible for the death of other women, and that there were similarities between the crime scenes at the beach and his known murders. So, so that's why they're making the connection of him with the other ones. Mm -hmm. mm. And the known murders, he was con he was convicted for May of 2017, sentenced in September. I believe that he's still in jail, actually. He was arrested in 2014 after his DNA was found on two murdered women whose bodies had been found in 93 and 94. And they made the match because his brother had submitted DNA because he was convicted of something totally unrelated in 2013 so when all y'all criminals this inevitable y'all gonna start catching each other up right <laughs> right <laughs> so bitch was convicted in may of 2017 of those murders and he was sentenced to consecutive terms of 25 years for each one and 
the Suffolk County didn't comment on the prosecutor's, the Suffolk County police didn't comment on the prosecutor's statement, but because this is an active homicide investigation, of course, his lawyer was like, no, what are you talking about? You're making shit up. Leave us alone. Because he lived in Manorville, which is three miles from where the torsos of Jessica Taylor and Valerie Mack had been recovered. He was a hunter. He enjoyed killing animals. He was a carpenter by trade, so he had access to saws and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because many of the bodies were found precisely dismembered. His access to and proficiency of these tools actually matter. Um, the daughter of one of his victims was also, cause she was an adult and mm -hmm. she was also best friends with another victim of the Long Island serial killer. And the other victim's mother said that her daughter had a whole lot of cause to Monroeville before her death. Then there's Joseph, Joseph Brewer, who lived in Oak Beach, and he was said to be the last person to see Shannon Gilbert alive. So is he not a suspect? He is a suspect. Oh. Because he had hired her as an escort from Craigslist on the night she disappeared. Okay. He said shortly after she got there, she started acting weird and ran out of his house. But you know, he was clear. He was quickly cleared as a suspect, but he was a suspect at some point. And then there's James Burke. <laughs> so James Burke. Former Suffolk County Police Chief James Berg was reported to have blocked an FBI probe of the Long Island serial killer case during his time as police chief. Mm -hmm. November 2016, Berg was sentenced to 46 months in federal prison for assault and conspiracy. He had violently assaulted a man in custody who had stolen a duffel bag from his police vehicle. The duffel bag contained sex toys, a pornographic DVD and Viagra. What was this dude doing on his breaks? That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Ain't nobody, you can't wait to get home. You that horny? God, dog it. And you beat a you beat somebody ass over stupid. Right. Over some. If you don't take your ass to hustler. Mm-mm. So he pled guilty in February 2016 to charges of civil rights violations and conspiracy to obstruct justice. The Thomas Spoda, who was the district attorney of Suffolk, Suffolk County at that time, was convicted in December 2019 of conspiracy to cover up Burke's violent assault. Christopher McPartland, who also had been a Suffolk County prosecutor who ran on anti-corruption was also convicted in the conspiracy to cover up the fact that he beat the shit out of a person. 
In December 2016, an attorney for Shannon Gilbert's family reported that an escort had stated that she suspected that Burke might be connected to the, the Long Island serial killer cases. The escort, who identified herself as Leanne, stated that at one party she had attended in April 2011 in Oak Beach, she had seen Burke drag a woman of Asian appearance by the hair to the ground. Leanne said that when she saw Burke at a later party in August 2011, she decided to engage in sexual activity with him. After she said that she saw him drag some woman to the ground? Yeah. Just the same chick? Yeah. Okay. She described an experience in which Burke was violently yanking her head during oral sex to the point where she began to tear up. Burke was unable to reach orgasm and proceeded to throw three to four hundred dollars at her afterwards. At the time, she was not a professional sex worker and states that this is the first time that she was paid for sex. Then there's also Peter Hackett who was Joseph Brewer's neighbor. And he was a former physician who had worked for the county as a police surgeon. Um, he had called Shannon Gilbert's mother. And her mother said that in this call, he said he was taking care of Shannon and that he ran a home for wayward girls and he had given her medication because she was distressed. Okay. And then three days later, he called her again, denying that he had any contact with her daughter or that he had ever called her before. Which is strange. Like what? <laughs> They later confirmed through the, pro through the phone records that he definitely had called her two times after her daughter disappeared. And the marshy area where Gilbert's remains were found was near his backyard. Her personal items and clothing were found directly behind his property in the marsh. Her family filed a wrongful death suit against him in November 2012, claiming that he took her to his home that morning, administered drugs to her, facilitating her death. Because it it's kind of seeming like they're saying that these two people are working together, the doctor and the police chief, but we don't really know. You never know. Shit. The lawsuit was dismissed because it couldn't be proven that he had given her any drugs, of course. Later, police revealed that Hackett, the doctor had a history of inserting himself into or exaggerating his role in certain major events. So they rule him out as a suspect in the deaths of Gilbert and the other Long Island serial killer victims. Why would you lie about something like that just to put yourself in it? Like, what the hell? What? He then what? left Oak Beach and moved to Florida with his family not long after she disappeared. And then there's James Bissett. Two days after Shannon Gilbert's remains were found, James Bissett, who was a businessman, committed suicide in his car at Manitug Park. One of Bissett's business, businesses was a plant nursery, which was the main supplier of burlap in the region, and many of the victims were found wrapped in burlap sacks. Yeah, well, there we go. Just like them damn crates, like I said, because it's random. Mm-hmm. 
there's a bunch of different documentaries and stuff about about this. Um, it's kind of all over the place. I haven't watched literally any of them, but there's a bunch of different ones out there about it if you want to know more. I literally kind of, we were at the state park and Mm -hmm. when I Googled to find out where it was, like kind of all this other random stuff came up. So I kind of ended up in like a Google rabbit hole, which is how I found this color. But You know what's up on the god dog on Google rabbit hole? You always fall in the rabbit holes. (laughs) You always fall in the rabbit hole. I am a rabbit hole person. I will. Yes, a thousand percent. Real fast. So yeah, but he's still out here somewhere. We don't know where it is. Maybe we don't need to be talking about his ass. Probably. Shit. <laughs> I ain't going back. I ain't going to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them nieces of mine I'm just going to have to be on the phone. Auntie You're going to have to just girl. visit elsewhere because like... Auntie Nell looking the phone, girl. <laughs> you know, I mean, technically the Zodiac killer's still out there. You're right. And we did talk about him or her too. Well, we did, even though it's Ted Cruz. Anyway, oh, girl, he got too much power. You be saying that shit. <laughs> you right. I always said if somebody took me out, it's probably gonna be a congressman. So, <laughs> girl, you gonna leave that alone? Leave that alone. On that note, it's been real. Follow us on Instagram. Like our you thing. Want it? do our things enjoy our things the links the ads and pages and shit will be in the bio and y'all can click our in the show notes my bad y'all can look in our bios and see the other shit we be doing because we be doing shit she be doing shit my shit's so damn random (laughs) you and far in between i mean hey sometimes it is something Lately, it's been a little less frequent, but that's yes. because of the nature of the the beast or whatever. Yeah, yeah, the nature of the beast ain't no god dog on joke. Mm-hmm. But all right, well, thank you so much, y'all, for listening to us. Come back next time. We'll be back here again with another chaos, a chaotic story. Yeah, that note. Peace out. Bye, y'all.